When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 15 deadline. But a little bit different to normal in that it's mostly going to be just answering your questions. Because a lot of the press conference updates that we need will not have happened before I've recorded this video because I need to make sure I can get out on Tuesday morning so you can watch it before the deadline. Anything major that crops up in the press conferences we do get, I will cover in the deadline stream, which will probably start at half four UK time uh, later this evening. So make sure to check that out. And if you haven't already checked out Fantasy Football Hub, links in the description below. They got 30% off at the moment and a 30 day free trial. So make sure to check that out and let's jump into it. So what should we do with DRB? Is he an easy sell to Gordon? So I think generally I would probably be looking to sell him sooner rather than later because although I don't think he's lost his place in that Villa team, in fact, far from it, we have now seen that Unai Emery is prepared to take him out of the team at times and his minutes aren't fully secure anyway. He's not someone that's going to go and get you 90 minutes every single game. The reason that I'd be slightly cautious about saying he's an absolute must sell is because Villa's fixtures aren't that bad after the next two so Man City and Arsenal in game weeks 15 and 16 not great although Man City as we know won't have Rodri but after that Brentford away in 17 Sheffield United at home in 18 Man United away in 19 another team that's kind of shipping goals at the moment uh, Burnley at home Everton away Newcastle at home Sheffield United away so previously when I was looking at future transfers maybe a couple of game weeks ago, Diaby coming in in game week 18 was on the radar. As it stands, I probably wouldn't do it just because I'd be a little bit concerned about the minutes. But if I was already an owner, I wouldn't put him down as absolute must-sell. But I do think he's one of those players I probably would look to use a transfer on, uh, like I said, sooner rather than later. In terms of who to go for... I think Gordon probably is one of the best options, especially if you haven't got money to upgrade DRB. Uh, it is worth saying that Gordon is flagged at the moment, and we're probably not going to hear from Eddie Howe ahead of the deadline. Now, personally, I think that will not be a major issue, and he probably will start the game in game week 15. But when a player is flagged, you have to put some doubt on it. So I think unless you're desperate to make this move, or you really need to get rid of DRB this week, I'm not sure I would go for Gordon. You can always do it the week after instead. And if you want to go for someone else who's even a little bit cheaper, you've still got the option of someone like Cole Palmer as well. So is Raheem Sterling worth the £7 million price tag? I think with what he offers, plus the fixtures that Chelsea have coming up, the answer has to be yes. But I'd still be wary about bringing him into my FBL team because he's on four yellow cards. So one more and he is going to get suspended for one match. Now, with the strength of their fixtures, it might not matter missing just one game. 
But with other players that might get suspended, other injuries being picked up, rotation because of the additional fixtures, that might leave you stuck at some point in the future. Now, whether or not four yellow cards should put you off buying a player, that is really up for discussion. My general viewpoint is, unless that player is the absolute best option for that price point and below, and there really is no one else that can even come close to them, I wouldn't risk it. So would I be bringing in Sterling right now? I'd rather wait for him to get that yellow card, miss a game, and then look to bring him in afterwards. Because I think for 7 million or below, you could still... I mean, 7 million or below, I guess you can't get in Burma. He's a little bit more expensive now, but he's close to that price. You got Palmer for 1.7 million less. Kudas, who I haven't mentioned too much, you could look at him from West Ham. Uh, Jared Bowen's a little bit more expensive. It obviously depends how much cash you've got to spend. But I just think there's so many midfielders. Is Sterling that good? But at the same time, I know there's people watching thinking, I don't care about that yellow card. I'm going to take a risk with the fixtures. And they may end up doing really well. Now, after Man United in game week 15, it's Everton away in 16, Sheffield United at home in 17, Wolves away in 18, Palace at home in 19, Luton away in 20, and Fulham at home in 21, which is the 13th of January. So from now until 21 the hardest fixture on paper is probably man united away and i'm not sure how difficult that fixture is right now and sterling has been absolutely nailed on so far the only game he didn't start i think he was had an illness or a minor injury or something like that he started every other game so he offers you security minutes as well and i know what people will say he's done well points wise but most of them have come in those two games who was it luton and burnley but they've got lots of good fixtures coming up. So, yeah, I, I kind of want him in my team. And I have looked at possibly downgrading one of my midfielders to have money to spend elsewhere. And Sterling was a name that came up. But I just don't think at this point in the season, where lots of stuff is going to happen, where, you know, like I said just a minute ago, injuries, suspensions, etc. I'm just not sure it's worth the risk when Sterling's on four yellows. But is he worth seven million generally? Yes. So should we be looking at defenders like Pedro Porra and Reese James in the coming weeks? I would say definitely. At least consider them, right? You don't have to bring them into your teams. But I would pay attention to what your defence is going to look like in the next couple of weeks. So I've got double Arsenal defence. Luton away this week. Great fixture. The three after that, I'm not so sure about a clean sheet. I've got Matty Cash, who might not start all the games. The fixtures are about to get a bit tougher for defensive returns for Aston Villa anyway. And then Mark Gay... Bournemouth at home this week, okay on paper. The fixtures afterwards are really tough. And then Charlie Taylor, who was an absolute legend for me in game week 14, but I don't want to have to play him that often. So a lot of people are going to be in a similar position where their defence looks good at the moment, but in a couple of weeks' time, it's not going to look quite so good. Now, if we look at the fixture analyzer on Fantasy Football Hub, as always, you can check this out yourself with all the links in the description below if you want to. Um, if I go to next week, right, so game week 16 to 21... And I go to clean sheets. As always, Man City are right at the top of the pile. As long as you can deal with bringing in one of their defenders in the blank in 18, I don't mind it. Someone like Kyle Walker, perhaps. They got Luton away, Palace at home in game week 16 and 17. And then after the blank, it's Everton away, Sheffield United at home, and Newcastle away. So not too bad. Next up is Chelsea. So I've just ran through their fixtures when I talked about Sterling. But they look very good for clean sheets. So the three players that I would look at for Chelsea are Reese James. Yes, obviously he has lots of injury concerns in the past. I don't necessarily think that's completely gone away. There are definite risks with bringing him in. I think for game weeks 15, 16 and 17, he may start them all. 
if he's fit, which is a big if, I get it, um, because of the turnaround, sorry, because of the rest period between games. But between game weeks 18 and 20, I definitely expect him to miss at least one of those. So you could look at him. You've got Colwell, who's probably the cheapest option. I don't think he's completely nailed on to start all games in December. I don't think many players are for what it's worth. But I do think he's ahead of Kukurea for that left-back spot. And obviously, he can play centre-back as well. Though They've got a lot of options there. The most nailed one for minutes, when there's no fixture congestion, is Thiago Silva. But again, is he going to play all the matches in December? Probably not. So it really depends on how much risk you want to take with injuries and how much money you want to spend. But Chelsea are definitely a team I'll be looking at for defensive returns. Not many people have a Chelsea defender right now. Then it's Arsenal. They're still quite high up because their defence is so good, but I'm not sure I'd look to bring them in. You've got Newcastle, who's another team that I'm going to look at. You probably don't need them for game week 16 because it spurs away. But after that, they've got Fulham at home, Luton away, Forest at home. So Fabian Shared, Trippier, Liveramento, etc. Then it's Liverpool, so some people have got Simicast. Then it's Brighton. I mean, on paper, that might look good. Nobody is buying a Brighton defender. Same for Man United. And then you've got Spurs a little bit further down, but I would put them a little bit higher up in terms of priority for FPL because although the clean sheet prospect isn't quite as good as other teams on this list, Pedro Porro is very attacking. So he's one of the defenders I really want to get into my team. So that's most of the, play, uh, most of the teams I'd be looking at. Pedro Porro... Chelsea defenders, Newcastle defenders, and that's probably about it. I feel like I'm missing one that I thought about before. I mean, Aston Villa you could look at from game week 18 to go for a cheaper option like Paul Torres or Konza, who are pretty much nailed on, uh, but I wouldn't buy them right now. So it's probably Pedro Porro, someone from Chelsea or a Newcastle defender, maybe Man City if you can deal with the blank. One other question I've seen come up a little bit is if you were buying one, Pedro Porro or Reese James, who would you go for? I think Reese James definitely has the fixtures, but Porro has the minutes, not as much of an injury concern. And I think he's just as attacking at the moment, right? We've seen him in that Spurs team. He's always getting forward, plenty of chances created, taking shots, etc. So I think because of the assurity of minutes, I would probably go for Porro over Reese James, which I didn't think I would say um, back when the season started, but I think he has shown that he can be an FPL option. And with Spurs, they're turnaround for games is not that bad so they got thursday west ham at home in game week 15 then it's sunday against newcastle and that is quite a quick turnaround but they haven't had to play many midweek games so i think Porro will play that then it's friday then it's saturday then it's thursday and then it's another thursday to sunday turnaround so there's not i think Porro misses one of those games maximum and i think there's a chance that he might start all of them again most players are probably going to get at least some rest so I don't think Porro is at a disadvantage compared to a lot of others. But I think with those rest periods, there is a chance he starts at least five of the next six, maybe all six. And I just don't think you can say that about Reese James. And I just, like some people have said, you can bring Reese James in and then keep him because he's great. And then as soon as he gets injured, just take him out. But it's like you're already setting yourself up for another transfer. Like who would bet that he's going to get through this December period, right? We all hope he does. He's a great player. I want to see him play. I want him in my team. But I think we have to be realistic as well. So I'd probably go for Paro. The only reason I wouldn't is if you're wildcarding in game week 19, because then I would take the short-term punt on Reese James, because I think for the next three matches, he could start them all. So in that case, I'd probably take that risk, because you can take a few more risks when you know you're about to wildcard. But for most people, I'd probably go Paro. But I keep... Just quickly, I just keep coming back to these Chelsea fixtures. And you just see them 
and they are so good from game week 16 to 21. You almost feel like, how can you not have Reese James? So I am still a little bit up in the air about which one I'm going to go for. But if I had to make the decision right now while I'm recording, I'd go for Poro. So lots of people ask this question, will Simicast start against Sheffield United? And the honest answer is, I do not know. I know people want a definite yes or a definite no, but all I can do is guess. Now, what do we know? They've just played Fulham on Sunday. They've got Sheffield United on Wednesday evening, and they've got Crystal Palace on Saturday. Not just on Saturday, but the early 12.30 kickoff, which Klopp hates, especially after playing on Wednesday evening. So Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday turnaround is pretty quick. Going into that Fulham game, I thought that Simicast would start two of the next three. He started against Fulham, so the assumption would be he gets rested against Sheffield United and plays against Palace. But it's not always as simple as that. What if Klopp also wants to give Trent a rest, right? Because Gomez usually covers at right back or left back. It could be, because Gomez didn't play against Fulham, that he rests Trent against Sheffield United, plays Gomez right back, because obviously Gomez didn't play the last game and then plays Gomez left back against Palace and gives Simicast that game off. Now, you'd think if Simicast is first choice left back, you give him the easier game off in Sheffield United, but that's also a game where presumably Sheffield United are going to try and sit in deep if they can. You're going to need to break them down, and Simicast is better going forward. Whereas the Crystal Palace attack is a little bit better, maybe you want a slightly better defensive player there, which I think most people would say is Gomez over Simicast. So maybe Simicast actually gets the Crystal Palace game off. Either way, unless we get team news and stuff like that, you are not going to know before the deadline. So the real question is, should you start Simicast in your FPL team? And that really depends who else you've got. If you've got someone, like let's say you're doing Simicast versus Lascelles, for example, right? Lascelles is definitely going to start. Newcastle defence is very good, but they've got a harder fixture in Everton. And although Lascelles has scored recently, he doesn't offer a huge amount of attack and upside. So do you take the possibility of Simicast being benched and just play Lascelles as the kind of safer pick? Or do you hope that Simicast starts where he probably get a clean sheet and potentially attack and returns as well? In that particular scenario, I would probably take the risk on Simicast. But if it was Simicast versus Gabriel or Saliba, who don't have necessarily massive attacking threat, but are quite likely to get a clean sheet this week, I'd probably take the nailed on star. At least with Saliba, I guess Gabriel is a little bit risky as well. So, the, yeah, will he start? I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say he's probably getting rested that game. But it could be that he gets rested against Palace instead. Or it could be that he plays all three matches. Who knows, really? But I think because it's such a good fixture on paper... I would try and play him rather than not. I think you need a really good other player like that's almost guaranteed a clean sheet or that also has good attacking threat to play them instead. So is LaCelso a good differential pick? I think it depends what you're looking for if you're bringing in a new midfielder anytime soon. Like if you've got Salah, Son, Saka, Huang, Foden, Imbermo, uh, Sterling, Gordon, players like that, none of them need to be sold just because you're looking for a differential. They're all really good picks. But if you need a cheap midfielder that costs less than 5 million, then he is someone to look at. It does look like his minutes are going to be quite good with Madison out. We've already seen him score two goals over the last couple of games. He does get into attacking positions for Spurs. But I would say for most people, there's no real reason to bring him in anytime soon. But of course, it's going to depend on how your team is currently set up and how much money you've got to spend. Like at 4.8 million, he's not bad. 
But for 0.5 million more, you can get the likes of Cole Palmer, who have got penalties as well. So I'm not sure for most people he's a good transfer in. But if we look at the other midfielders that are available for that kind of price, there's not a huge amount of options. If we go to 5.1 or below, Socek at 4.9, scored a lot of goals recently for West Ham. Uh, underlying numbers have been okay as well. He is getting into quite attacking positions. He is a threat from set pieces. And West Ham's fixtures are okay. So you could look at him. I've got to be honest, with the Spurs fixtures coming up, I probably would take a punt on Lacelso over Socek. The other thing to consider is will you want a triple up on Spurs anytime soon? Probably not, right? Son is good. I think Porro is good. But outside of that, you've got maybe Brennan Johnson, Udogi. I don't think many people are going to be looking to triple up. So that's probably not a factor. Um, Alanga, I'm not the biggest fan but i don't think he's a worse option than lacelso uh, i think the next couple of fixtures are fulham away and wolves away which aren't that bad they got bournemouth at home in 18 as well uh, adingra obviously a lot of people that bought him seem to have gone off him as a pick but brentford at home burnley at home next to palace away in 18 i don't think he's worth ignoring in fact if i had to go for adingra or lacelso i'd probably go for adingra if i had an extra point two to spend but again once you get to that five million price point you got a lot of other midfielders that aren't too much more. And appreciate, as always, it's easy to say, just spend a bit more money, but you might not have it. But it is worth considering how you might be able to kind of sort, like, basically redistribute some other funds to have a bit more money to spend on these spots. Like Palmer at 5.3, Huang at 5.6. You've got William at 5.3 as well. Took the last two penalties for Fulham, although he didn't start the game against Liverpool, which is a little bit worrying. So, yeah, there's lots of midfielders to, to consider. If I had 5 million to spend, I'd probably go for a Dingra over Lo Celso. But outside of that, I think, yeah, if you want to go differential, you want to target those Spurs fixtures, I mean, he's a good option. Can I guarantee you he's going to start every single game in the next six weeks? No. But it does look, given the last couple of performances, he is going to get pretty good minutes overall. So is it time to bring Trent Alexander-Arnold in? I would say maybe, but probably not for most people. And there's a couple of reasons behind that. He's gone back up to his £8 million price tag that he started the season at. And I'm not saying that he's not worth that, but I think the way that a lot of FPL squads are set up at the moment, it's quite difficult to get him in in one or two moves. You might have to do more than that, or you've got to take out a really good attacker. So I'm not sure it's worth that change in kind of squad setup. Some people that have got Trippier might be able to do it a little bit easier, but then I'd also question whether or not it's worth selling Trippier. Probably not, right? Everton away, Spurs away, then three good fixtures absolutely nailed on plus he's a little bit cheaper than Trent as well and then you look at the fixtures and I know he's done really well recently he got the um, goal and assist against Fulham got the goal against Spurs, uh, sorry Man City as well which is why a lot of people are looking at him but the next six games the three best fixtures are all away and the home games are all matches they could concede in so in game week 17 they got Man United at home 18 is Arsenal at home and 20 is Newcastle at home now can Liverpool win all those games? Absolutely. They are good enough to do that. But will they keep a clean sheet in those three games? I think Arsenal will score and Newcastle. I think as bad as Man United have been, they do tend to find a way to score. I know it didn't happen against Newcastle, but I just feel like the Liverpool game is one they probably will score in. Although last year was obviously an absolute demolition job. Maybe that will happen again. But either way, I think Arsenal and Newcastle is difficult. Then you've got Sheffield United away next, then Palace away after that and then Burnley away in 19. Now, of course, they can go and get clean sheets in those games as well, but I don't know if you want your three best fixtures of the next six all away from home, especially when, for a lot of people, you've got to 
rearrange your squad to bring him in. So it's not that the boat has been missed, definitely not. And if you've got an easy way to do it, I would definitely look at it. I said weeks ago, I think that Trent is one of the best differentials at the moment. But I'm just not sure it works for many people. Like for me, let's say you've got a squad similar to me. How would I even get him in? Let's say I want to sell cash straight to him. I've got to free up 2.3 million. So I could sell Son down to a 7 million forward. I could sell Saka down to a 6.4 million uh, midfielder. Sorry, Son to a midfielder. Uh, Saka to a 6.4 million midfielder. I could sell Salah, but that's not going to happen. It's just probably not worth it. And if you're... Like some people might say, well, Trent is better at 8 million than Darwin Nunez at 7.7. And that probably is true, especially with the minutes and stuff like that. But to swap... Darwin to Trent means I've got to get a cheap forward in and as we know cheap forwards aren't usually as good as cheap defenders at an equivalent price so I just don't think it's worth it um like I think if weeks ago you wildcard and you didn't go for Harden obviously one of the reasons was to get a differential like Trent absolutely fair enough good decision but I just probably wouldn't go there now I don't want to put people off right bring him in if you want to he's a great FPL option and if you can do it easily, fair enough. But outside of that, I probably wouldn't. So have you missed the boat on Saka? I think the simple answer here is no. If you don't own him and you've got a spare midfield slot and the funds to bring him in, you should definitely be considering him. I think the fixtures for Arsenal are quite good for a long time now, especially for an attacker. I think between game week 16 to 18, I've spoken about that before. For a defender, it doesn't look quite as good, although it's not the end of the world if you had to play one in those games. But for an attacker, it's not bad at all. So I wouldn't be worried about that. And obviously, he gives you those security of minutes as well, right? He's the most nailed on Arsenal attacker. Does that mean that he won't be rotated in December? Not necessarily. It could happen to absolutely anyone. But you'd think it would only happen a maximum of once. And there is a chance that he would just play all the games in December. And you'd just carry him through after that as well. And I think with African Cup of Nations and Asia Cup coming up, he's going to be one of the best midfielders. You're going to lose Salah in Burmo and Son. And if you think about all the other midfielders you could go for, Saka's going to be right at the top of the list. So I think even though he's risen in price, I think he's gone up to is it 8.9 million now. He's still worth considering if you don't own him. And like I said with the fixtures, you get Luton away this week. Villa away is not that bad. Brighton at home is not that bad. Liverpool away may be a bit tougher. And it's I won't read all the home and away, but it's West Ham, Fulham, Palace, Forest, Liverpool again, West Ham, Burnley, Newcastle, Sheffield United. I think if you get Saka in... You're basically leaving him in until you wildcard or until he gets an injury. So I think he's a really good option. If you don't own him, I would definitely still consider him. So I know my team selection video only came out a few hours ago, but I am going to quickly talk about my own team because I've had a slight change of heart about bringing Dubravka in this week. Now, I haven't done it yet. He did rise in price last night, so he's now 4 million. That's not going to really sway my decision on whether to bring him in or not this week anyway. And I may still roll, but I was looking at future weeks and I don't know if I'm that desperate to get someone like Colwell in, in game week 16. Now, just quickly on Dubravka, because I had loads of questions about him. I feel like I've covered it enough in other videos in the stream on Sunday. But I think he's a good option with very little downside. The worst thing that could happen is Newcastle buy a new goalkeeper in January and Dubravka loses his spot. But most people are doing Turner to Dubravka anyway. So that dead spot of Turner becomes a dead spot of Dubravka instead. Now, the only issue there is if you suddenly wanted three other Newcastle players, maybe one of Isaac or Wilson if the other one gets injured, uh, Gordon, Trippier, Liveramento, Lascelles, or Botman when he's back. Do I think we're going to need a triple up anytime soon? Not necessarily. 
but i think that really is the only downside the potential upside is huge having a 3.9 or 4 million newcastle goalkeeper when pope's going to be out for four to five months apparently that's a lot of games right you're just going to have him all the way up until wild card and then probably keep him after that as well so that's just quickly on dubravka for my team if i roll this week then i will probably bring in poro in game week 16 i've talked about that a lot cash to poro and i have another transfer which i was thinking about doing gay to carwell now if i do that it just means that i'm benching gabrielle for aston villa away so essentially it's Ariola for spurs away this week and carwell for everton away next week or it's dubravka against everton away this week and then Gabriel versus Villa away in game week 16. I'm not sure there's a huge amount in that. And although Villa away is a tougher fixture than Everton away, Arsenal are a better defence. So I could just leave that decision until game week 17. So this is what the team looks like on Fantasy Football Hub. As always, links in the description below if you want to check it out. So for 15, the defence looks okay. I've got double Arsenal, Gabriel and Saliba, and then Gay against Bournemouth at home. Again, I'd prefer Pari to Gabe. I don't think it's a huge issue. Then in game week 16, I've got double Arsenal again against Villa away. And then I would bring in, I would take out Cash, sorry. And I would bring in Poro instead, right? So I just put him in, quickly select him there. Put him into the team instead of Gay. And then I'm probably going to have to play Saliba anyway. So basically, it's just Gabriel against Villa away. Is that a huge issue? Probably not. Are they going to keep a clean sheet? I don't think so. But then who is going to keep a clean sheet in game week 16 anyway? Right, Liverpool got Palace away, but I just think at this point I have probably missed the boat on buying Simicass. I don't want a Brighton defender against Burnley. I'm not going to buy a Man United defender for Bournemouth at home. I think that's an okay fixture, but the fixtures afterwards aren't very good. I'm obviously not going to get a Villa defender for Arsenal. Colwell, I've just spoken about. Man City, possibly. The issue there is I'm adding another player that's going to blank in game week 18. And because I've also got to get Watkins back, I just feel like that's just too much to deal with. So I think if I was going to get a defender that week that wasn't Chelsea, it would probably be Man City, but I'm, I'm probably not going to have the cash to do that anyway. And then obviously Spurs versus Newcastle, I'll have Poro, hopefully. And I just don't think that's the greatest week to bring in a Newcastle defender necessarily anyway. So I think when we get to game week 16 and people see double arsenal defence in my team... They're going to think that's really bad. And I will agree, there's not a clean sheet there, probably. But I don't think any other player that I can bring in is that great either. Maybe I'm just talking myself into being able to get uh, Dubravka this week. And then in game week 17, Arsenal have got Brighton at home. I'd have Pedro Paro for Nottingham Forest away. And if I really didn't want to play double Arsenal defence, then I could play Charlie Taylor against Everton at home. So I don't even necessarily need a defender transfer in 17. But if I wanted to make one... I would have a spare transfer, right? Dubravka this week, Poro in 16, and then one transfer in game week 17, which probably would be Colwell. So I would just be getting him a week later because Chelsea got Sheffield United at home that week. Again, if I look at other decent teams, Man City, but I think if I haven't bought a Man City defender for Luton, I'm probably not going to buy them for Crystal Palace before they blank in 18. Newcastle defender, absolutely. I could look there, but again, without going into too many details, I don't necessarily want to buy Lascelles if Botman is going to be back in training soon. And Liveramento, I'm still not quite sure about. I want to leave that decision as late as possible. And then, what, West Ham defender against Wolves, but we're all trying to get Dubravka because we hate Ariola. Liverpool playing Man United. So 
I don't know. I spoke about defenders earlier, and I do think it's worth thinking about, like Reese James, Carl Will, Man City defenders, Pedro Porro as well. But I just keep thinking, or <laughs> I keep thinking, I've thought since I recorded that bit overnight, that maybe playing my Arsenal defenders just isn't that bad. So <sighs> I'm still unsure. I'm, I've just gone back onto the wrong screen there. I'm a little bit unsure. I could just roll. I could still just get Poro for cash and bench Gay, but I might just get Dubravka because although I think Everton can score, there is definitely more chance of a clean sheet than Ariola. I just think I'm really, as you can tell, I'm a little bit indecisive about this decision. And maybe the Watkins to Darwin move is playing on my mind a little bit because I don't think at the time it was a bad move, but it looks really bad now. And I just know if Everton score, I'm going to wish I rolled the transfer because I think everyone's going to play Ariola in game week 16 anyway. So we're only getting Dubravka now for this week and we're not going to play him again until game week 17. So I could delay that move as well. Everything is just really tight. But I wanted to talk about that because I did team selection yesterday and I made it sound like I was most likely to roll and that could still happen. But I think looking at the defenders, maybe I just don't need to worry about it so much. And again, I don't think I would necessarily bring in double Arsenal defence. But I've already got it, so maybe I just need to work with it. Anyway, that's a little bit of a change compared to what I recorded earlier. Just bear in mind I recorded some of this video yesterday and some of it this morning. Um, and yeah, sometimes these quick turnarounds are good in terms of getting through the deadlines and getting to make transfers. But also I find there's not enough thinking time. And maybe I'm just overthinking now, I don't know. But I'm going to leave it there. Let me know what you would do with this team. Presumably everyone would do Turner to Dubravka uh, and just make the power move next week. But anyway... I'll leave it there. If you've enjoyed it, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button. I'll be back for the deadline stream uh, later this evening. That's at half four UK time. So make sure to check that out. And I'll see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.